You're listening to Pipes, Pours, and Pals. I'm your pal, Justin. And I'm your pal, Nate. How you doing today, buddy? Fantastic, brother. How you doing? Man, swell. Just been watching football all weekend because, like, this is, like, the greatest weekend for football. Yeah, there's the college. You have, like, the college bowl games, and but you're getting right down to the end. Like, you have the race for you know, mm-hmm. getting into the playoffs and all that stuff. It's just a great week for football. And uh, so I watched football all day or all weekend so far. And then tomorrow there's football games on. There's lots of bowl games yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. I watched. Uh, there's like the Sugar Bowl and the. Oh, yeah. There's a bunch of bowls yesterday. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of them. There's bowl games on Friday. There's bowl games on Saturday. There was NFL today. There's bowl games tomorrow. Mm. It's just been a, it's just a great time to be alive. I saw the. Uh... The vowels playing. Did they win? The vowels. Yeah. The vowels. The vowels. Yes. The Tennessee Volunteers won on Friday night against Clemson. Mm. They handedly beat Clemson. Nice. So that was exciting for me. A bit. Yeah. It got to the point where like, they're winning so well, it just kind of got boring after a little while. That's a, that's a weird place to be in as a Vols fan. Yeah. <laughs> Usually I'm bored because we're losing so badly. But this year, not the case. You know, it, I have found out, like today I found out, it doesn't matter how much the Lions are winning by. Mm-hmm. I never get bored. Really? Yeah, I just want them to keep just going all out what trying about, to score. What about when they're losing? No, I do find that to be a little tedious. I so, get bored. So most of the time you're used to being tedious and boring. Yeah. That's kind of what it's like to be a Lions fan. It's just like, oh. Well, that's losing. what it used to be like, but now with the brand new Lions. They they lost last week, right? They did lose last week. And they're about to lose to Green Bay next week. They're not losing to Green Bay next week. Uh, Green Bay beat the Vikings today. Beat the pants off the Vikings today. I saw that. That was pretty delightful. It wasn't delightful for me. Because... I, don't, I don't like the Packers. I don't like Aaron Rodgers. Um, but for something about the Vikings, I just don't like the Vikings. Hmm. And it was great to see the Packers being an awful team this year, spanking the Vikings, who are one of the best teams in the NFL. I mean, spanked them. Yeah. 33-3 to at one point. I think it ended up 41-10 or something like that. Yeah. It was a spanking. But, uh... It was a butt kicking. Yeah. Old-fashioned butt kicking. And then Justin Jefferson got... I think it was after a pick six or after an interception or something like that. Yeah. <clears throat> Got a little frustrated and <laughs> yeah, try started to hit the ref with his helmet <laughs> and they didn't call a flag on it anything. And he, he made contact with the ref's shoulder. Yeah, I know. I saw that. Like he was straight up going for that dude's head. And then at the last second he was like, oh, this is a bad idea. And then like veered off and hit his, hit his shoulder. I, to me, like, I don't think the NFL is going to have to do something about that. Like he'll probably get fined. They'll probably catch a fine, but like that's a big deal. Like, there's oh, been yeah. guys suspended for like half a season for swinging helmets at people. Yeah, I don't think the Vikings can afford to lose him either. He's the number one wide receiver in the in the NFL. The Vikings aren't going anywhere. We'll see. You know who beat the the Vikings a couple of weeks ago? Who's that? The Lions. Oh yeah. Before Green Bay did it, oh, of course. You know. The the new lions, right? The brand new lions. Brand new lions. Well, anyway, I would say we should cut the football talk off, but we do have to have one more piece of football talk. Okay. And that's about the fantasy league. Oh yeah. That my twelve and two team is getting spanked <laughs> again. 
I'm going to be at the bottom of the pack from the, for the playoffs. I literally dominated the league the entire, entire season. And I'm getting beat again. Yeah, well, I mean, it just kind of goes to show you any given Sunday, you know? Yeah. My team performed like garbage. And Russ is beating me. Congrats, Russ. But we play another week. Because in this playoff format that none of us understand, <laughs> it's just kind of a crapshoot at this point. I don't even know what's going to happen. Well, next week would have to be the Super Bowl. You would think. I don't, I don't know how that works. Like, so I guess if you win, you win it all? Next week? I guess. I feel like next week there should only be two people going against each other. I'm playing Russ next week. And Sarah's playing Adrian. I don't get this. You're man. playing Kirk. So I'm guessing it's not a it's not an elimination. It's gonna put you and Kirk either first and second, me and Russ third and fourth, and then Sarah or Adrian fifth and sixth. So I'm gonna end up in fourth place <laughs> after dominating the league. Yeah, that's I was hoping to be dead last, but I guess Oh my gosh. <laughs> fourth place for sure. What an ego hit. Like, I know, right? Even to be in third place is an ego hit. You know, I just feel like after that trade that you did earlier and you just kept talking about how dumb I was for doing he that. He hasn't had a he hasn't caught a touchdown in I think they said seven games. Yeah. Oh, I don't think it's seven games. It's been several games. I think it's I think he's on I think this was his fourth week without a touchdown. I gotta fact check that now. Yeah, let's do it. Let's fact that that. What what was that? <laughs> <laughs> say let's fact that, but then I started to say check. Let's fact that that <laughs> I was supposed to, I was point wise, I was supposed to be beating Kirk today. Um, and now it's saying that he's going to be up by 10 by the end of this. But he has um, Mike Evans from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on his bench. Mike Evans scored 65.7 points today. Jeez Louise. Sitting on his bench. Ouch. So that's nice for me. I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and keep digging into this. It's been a, a long time. It's been a long we'll time that. since he's had. Yeah, I'm really not going to say anything. I'm not going to dig into it anymore because I'm probably wrong. And I don't want to acknowledge that. So we'll just pretend that I'll both of us up. are right. <laughs> we'll just pretend that neither one of us is right. And we'll just move on because nobody, none of our listeners want to hear about football. Because this is pipes, pores, and pals. In pigskin. Yes. No, I'm just kidding. You're right. No, I'm not. I'm wrong. Is that what you wanted to hear? Yeah. <laughs> My wife loves to hear me say that. And let me tell you guys, when you have to when you have to admit you're wrong to your wife, you should say it in like the most sarcastic, patronizing manner possibly. Just as, as, as possible, as, as sarcastic and as patronizing as possible when you say that you're wrong to your wife. They love it. <laughs> Marriage advice 101 right there. Those Ravens jerseys are sick. Yeah, they look real good. Just like jet black, not even shiny black. It's like midnight satin black. Mm-hmm. Looking good, like a raven. There's Pickett just falling over his own feet. An idiot. Sorry, we're watching Steelers and Ravens play. Yeah, he just straight up slipped and tripped. And then basically tackled himself. Yeah, my favorite part was how he didn't try to get up. He just laid there and hugged the ball. Like, someone come touch me. <laughs> oh, anyway. Let's get back to it. Yeah. So, uh, 
It's the first episode of the new year. It is. It's new year, new me. This isn't the old Justin. This is the brand new Justin. It's the 2023 Nate and Justin. 2023 Nate and Justin. Like, you made it sound like a couple. <laughs> well, we're a couple of guys. <laughs> we're, we're an inseparable pair. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. 2023. It just kind of blows my mind. I'm just not ready for it yet. Yeah. Is what it is, though. I haven't had to fill out any forms or anything yet. When I get to the office on Monday and I'm filling out paperwork and stuff like that, it's going to be, it's going to hit me. It's the end of the year is the most annoying time when you work in the laboratory, Mm -hmm. especially since I work in like the um, drug development. There's so many regulations and like you have to keep things indefinitely a lot of times Mm -hmm. for different studies you've done. So every single page in every single book for the year had to be taken out, put into this special kind of a file folder and archived away. Mm-hmm. But it's just, but every single bench, every single paper, like it, it, it's such an arduous task to do all of that. Yeah. Do they put it in boxes and then store it someplace? Yeah. Why don't they digitize that? Well, because digital records can be erased and lost. Yeah. Fires can happen too, but yeah, I was going to say, but uh, I think they do both, actually. I was say, because you can digitize it and you can back it up into multiple places. Well, the problem is that most of our records aren't digital records. They're just like handwritten sheets, so they'd have to scan in. We would have to scan in like every single one of those. Mm. And I mean... And I'm sitting here critiquing your industry that I know nothing about. <laughs> it would be a lot easier if we could digitize it, though. Yeah. I just don't know how we could do that. Huh. But... They should hire somebody to figure that out. I'm practically an expert at it. I mean, I'm I'm already critiquing it. So yeah, I'll talk to him. You yeah, want to work another just, job? Yeah, tell him I'll uh, I'll work for um, I don't know, 200k. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll sit there for 200k a year and just scan documents. Me too. <laughs> yeah, for sure I would. <laughs> As long as they let me have some whiskey and a pipe, <laughs> I'll sit there all day long and scan documents for 200K. Oh, man. So, uh, nothing fun and fancy over New Year's, right? No, we brought in the New Year with uh, Miley Cyrus and Dolly Parton. They had a little party in, in I think it was Malibu, Miami. I think it was Miami. That's wonderful. Yeah, it was great. Um, I'm a huge fan of Miley. Are you? Yeah. Are you really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I used to I used to be a big fan of Miley. I had to quit following her on Instagram when she started she started dyeing her armpit hair like these uh, neon the colors. Straw. Yeah, and I was like this is ridiculous. She was on tour with the like the lead singer of the Flaming Lips. Mm, never never heard of them. You ever heard of the Flaming Lips? Uh no. I I haven't heard most of the music that you asked me if I've heard of. That's true. But <laughs> I haven't heard a lot of the music you've asked me about. So Russell Moore in third time out. Oh, I know that song for sure. It's <laughs> a band. Oh, I, I was thinking I what was that song about um Jeff Moore in the Distance is who I was thinking of. You don't know Jeff Moore in the Distance? Nope. I thought being a good Christian boy you'd know that band. Nope, have no idea who it is. He used to have a song about um, getting three outs in baseball. Oh? Yeah. But it was also about Jesus. (laughs) 
I don't even want to know. Yeah. It just sounds awful. I can't even remember the song. I had the whole thing memorized. I sang it once for a special at church. You you asked me earlier a band. Modest Mouse. Modest Mouse. Never heard of them. Yeah. Unfortunately, their drummer passed away today or yesterday, I think. R.I.P. Yeah, they're a fantastic, fantastic band. Their songs, they're some of the most like deep songs. Like, and they, I don't know. Like Miley Cyrus's music? No, this listen, is a little more listen, deep. I can't respect anything about any music that you ever talk about now because you admitted to being a Miley Cyrus fan. Have you heard her cover Joe Lee? Yeah, it's actually fantastic. It's spectacular. That's what I'm talking about. It's She's probably, got a good voice. It's probably the best cover of Jolene ever. Yeah, it is. They sang it together last night. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Dolly always has to sing Jolene. Of course. But also, Miley... One hit wonder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one song people have heard of. Ridiculous. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I, I'm not actually saying that Dolly Parton's a one hit wonder. My family's from Sevierville, Tennessee, which is Dolly Parton's hometown. So uh, I have great respect and admiration for Dolly Parton. I think everyone does. She's one of the, the few people that I think is universally loved. She is a great human being. Yeah. Uh, the whole book program that she does. It's incredible. Yeah. My kids got books from her for years. My kid just got her first one, I think. Yeah. The Imagination Library, whatever it's yeah. called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dolly, if you don't know, Dolly has a program called Imagination Library where she sends books out to any kid under the age of, under a certain age. Um, they have a book. Uh, is it every quarter, every month? I think it's every month. Yeah. But they get a book and it's usually like a picture book of some sort. Yeah. But I can't imagine the tremendous cost of something like that. No, I'm sure it's insane. And I had heard, I don't, this is, don't think this is actual statistic or fact. But I had heard that of her net worth, she gives like a tremendous amount of her actual income away. And the portion that she keeps is a sig insignificant portion compared to what she gives away. I'm sure. To charity. I could see that being the case because when all that forest fire stuff happened in Tennessee, mm -hmm. she like emptied millions of dollars into mm -hmm. that, trying to help people out with that. Yeah. We should have her on the podcast. I'll call her. Yeah, just... I'll, just... I'll hit up Miley in the DMs and see if she can... <laughs> I, I, I'll hit Dolly up. I'm like, yo, Dolly, my grandparents live in Sevierville. We, we're practically family, okay? So... I bet she'd smoke a pipe. Probably. I bet, I bet she has smoked a pipe in the past. Probably not a tobacco pipe. <laughs> <laughs> and she likes crack. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Well, she grew up in the in a log cabin in the country, so she might may very well have smoked a pipe, corn cob, corn cob pipe. She probably grew up with one, like a pacifier. Yeah, I that's what you should have done. You should get Emma a corn cob pipe as a pacifier. I thought about that, but then I remembered that I have a wife, and that she's not a huge fan of. <laughs> <laughs> you should put some bourbon on her pacifier and just dip it in there and mm -hmm. knock her out cold. I'm waiting for her to start teeth and starting to start. Dipping it in bourbon all the time. There you go. Hey, it's the OG medicine for for teething children. It's proven. Proven to work. It also created a generation of alcoholics. But uh, <laughs> speaking of bourbon, that's a good transition to move into our, our drink for this week, right? Yeah, let's do it to it. Um, this is I just cracked this bottle tonight. 
This is John E. Fitzgerald Larceny, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, 1870 small batch. It's 92 proof. So that's, if you know your math, that's 46% ABV. Um, it is a weeded bourbon. Um, I always, so as I've been on my bourbon journey, my whiskey journey, I don't just drink bourbon. I drink many types of whiskey, but as I've been on my whiskey journey, I didn't know why that I really, 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 really liked, um, uh, what the fuck? Maker's Mark. Oh, okay. I, Maker's Mark's been one of my favorites. And I didn't know why I liked it because I was just getting into it. Like I was like, oh, this is only I could describe it was smooth. It's kind of sweet. It's kind of just really well balanced. And I couldn't quite figure out what that was about it <clears throat> until I started getting in and learning about um, whiskeys more. And then I realized that it's popular for those reasons. And the thing, the reason that those are attributes of that is because it's a weeded bourbon. Mm. I don't know if you're familiar with weeded bourbons versus regular bourbons. I am not. No, not at all. Okay. So you have a mash bill, which is what the, what the makeup of the recipe is when they make the the beer Mm -hmm. essentially. And to be a bourbon, it has to be at least 51% corn. Mm -hmm. And then it can be made up of multiple other, um, like barley or rye or yeah, grains after wheat. that. So most bourbons are, let's just say 60%. This is going to be easy to be random numbers, but for sure you have to be over 51% for corn. So let's say 60% corn and then say 21% rye and then 19% malted barley. If my math is correct, that adds up to 100%. Okay. Because 21 plus 19, that's 40 if you got 60 plus 40, that's 100, right? Very good. Math win. <laughs> um, I had to practice that all day today to get that right. <laughs> um, but so that's your that's a that's a kind of a normal mash bill, what a mash bill might look like for a bourbon. In weeded bourbons, uh, they take the rye, they may take the rye out. In this case, they do. They replace the rye with wheat. So, like, uh, let me see here. I've got their mash bill is 68% corn, 20% wheat, and 12% malted barley. So you're going to get the sweetness from the corn. You're not going to have the rye spice because there's no rye in it. And that it's been replaced with wheat, which is, I don't know what effect that necessarily has, but you're not going to have the rye spice especially. Okay. And it ends up being what most people consider to be a smoother, mm. uh, smoother drink. Uh, other weeded bourbons have 70% corn. According This is according to uh, Larceny's website. Other weeded bourbons have 70% corn, 16% wheat, and 14% malted barley. But that's a weeded, a weeded bourbon for you. Okay. So if you are a fan of, say, Maker's Mark, you would probably like this whiskey. I think it's very similar. Um, when I learned about what weeded bourbons were because of me liking Maker's Mark. I decided to look into other weeded bourbons and Larceny was one. And I was like, Oh, I got to try that. A lot of the same characteristics. This is very, 
I think that's, in my opinion, that's where I say it's it's smooth. That's where the description comes in for me. It doesn't have a um, spicy characteristic to it. It's very just kind of mellow and flowing. Yeah. What do you get out of it? Mm. It is very smooth. Doesn't really have any harsh edges. Um, it's on the sweet side. Not like overly sweet, but um, I don't know. It's good. What um, on the nose? You get anything as far as any reminiscent notes or anything like that? No, honestly, you just you just drink it. <laughs> honestly, when I smelled this last week, when we had um, proper twelve. Mm -hmm. You said it was an overwhelming ethanol flavor. Mm -hmm. And when I smell this, that's kind of what I got. Like, I smell it, and I was like, wow, that just smells like ethanol. Well, is this is a 92 proof. So it's got a pretty good chunk more. It has an 80 proof. Yeah. Um, but. So, yeah, I mean, you're going to have a higher proof, so it's going to have, in theory, it should have more of a alcohol burn to it. Well, I will say that it didn't taste to me what, what what I smelled like I didn't take a drink of it and think it didn't I didn't get like a, a strong ethanol flavor mm -hmm. when I sipped it I didn't think it was harsh or anything but the smell I got okay I was surprised after I smelled it and then sipped it I was like well I'd... yeah I, I get the alcohol but I, I guess when I was saying that has like an ethanol smell to it like it is almost like it wasn't a it wasn't a a burn that I was getting like oh I can smell the alcohol it was like I smell it smells chemically like it smells like fuel. Mm. Um, ethanol has a very distinct smell in my opinion, but um, I get I, with this, I get the burn. I, I can smell the alcohol, but it's not like an offensive alcohol smell to me. Whereas that's why I found proper 12. It was like, Oh, I can smell the alcohol as opposed to like, you know how when you open up a bottle of isopropyl, it has a very distinct smell? Oh, yeah. And it's not like a pleasant smell. Yeah. That's kind of what I got out of the the proper 12 was like an, an offensive alcohol. This, it's like, oh, yeah, I can definitely, the alcohol's definitely singeing the whiskers on me. Like, it's it's there. It's definitely there. But the taste, it doesn't taste like alcohol. Correct. Um, I get a... Uh, a honey smell, but almost like a, um, yeah, like a baked goods. Almost like a sweet bread, like Hawaiian bread. Okay. Like buttery, I don't know. I guess it doesn't necessarily smell like bread, but the like when you open up a bag of King's Hawaiian rolls, mm -hmm. you know that sweet smell that they have. They have a distinctive smell. Yeah, that's kind of what I get out of this is a like a Hawaiian roll smell. I don't know. I like it. 
get your standard like caramel, vanilla, maybe like a little bit of cinnamon, honey. Yeah. That you get with most bourbons. Yeah. Um, I hate using those descriptives, but I mean, let's face it, it's bourbon. Like it has a taste, whether it's good bourbon, bad bourbon, different mash bills. Like you have a basic taste of what bourbon's supposed to taste like. Yeah. You're supposed to get caramel, you're supposed to get vanilla, honey. Those are your basic notes you get from bourbon. So like it it feels it feels stupid to describe bourbon as vanilla and honey and like a caramel. caramel. Yeah. Because they all do that, but that's whenever you ask me what I'm getting out of it. Though two of those are exactly what came to my mind when I thought every single time you ask me that, I'm like, tastes kind of caramely, like yeah. a, kind of a little <laughs> little honey sweetness to it. But I'm like, I don't get yeah. cherry from this. <laughs> a lot of people say cherry when it comes to um bourbons. Oh, really? I don't get a cherry note from this at all. I don't know. I so this bottle is at Total Wine, you can get this bottle for $21.99 a bottle. Meyer has it in a gift box right now. So for a fifth of it in the gift box with the Moscow Mule cup is $27.99. Like this is a, this is a, an affordable whiskey. Yeah. Uh, it is made, it's distilled by a Heaven Hill Distilleries, which Heaven Hill Distilleries makes. Well, I have a little information. This is This is an interesting, the background is more interesting about this whiskey, honestly. Um, Heaven Hill makes Rittenhouse Larceny Old Fitzgerald, which is hard to get. Um, Parker's Heritage, Pikesville Rye, Elijah Craig, um, Evan Williams. Wow. Mellow Corn. Wow. That's their main brands. Wow. There's a. Some really good, well-known brands there. Yeah. Um, Henry McKenna. So I have a question about this then. Uh-huh. Is Heaven Hill the distillery? Heaven Hill is the distillery, yes. So you went to the Evan Williams distillery. I went to the Evan Williams bourbon tour, which is not in their actual distillery. Oh, okay. That was the, the okay. thing I was disappointed about in it, is that it wasn't actually their distillery. Oh, okay. I'm with you now. They had a still there that they did like very 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 small batch stuff okay um but it was like the size of my house it wasn't anything big at all like their whole the whole the whole operation was in one room the size of my house oh it's pretty tiny and it's like super 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 small batch stuff um but yeah so heaven hill does heaven hill henry mckenna bernheim um then the stuff i listed off already okay um I found that very interesting that they had all those in-house. Um, just different different recipes, I'm guessing. Different ages and so on. Yeah. This is, from what I was reading about this, this is obviously a weeded bourbon, which we already talked about. Uh, let's see here. They have, in the uh, Fitzgerald line, they have... Larceny small batch, which is what this is. They have Larceny barrel proof, and then they have Old Fitzgerald, which, like I said earlier, is extremely hard to get. It gets released twice a year, and it sells out almost instantly. Hmm. Uh, (laughs) 
Their Heaven Hill Distillery says, Larceny Kentucky Straight Bourbon has its origins in the history of John E. Fitzgerald and the old Fitzgerald brand. Our master distillers select a limited number of barrels from specific floor locations in the rickhouse for Larceny's six-year-old taste profile. I was reading earlier, this is um, a blend of six and 12-year-old bourbons. But your age statement can your age statement has to be the youngest whiskey or the youngest barrel in it. That makes sense. So it's a six year bourbon, even though it contains twelve year. Uh, says continuing the tradition of Old Fitzgerald using wheat in place of rye as the secondary grain in the mash bill. Larceny uses more wheat than any of its competitors for a softer, rounder character. Larceny is one among a family of our one-of-a-kind weeded bourbons, including Larceny Small Batch, Larceny Barrel Proof, and Old Fitzgerald Bottled and Bond. So, I, it makes me, as much as I like this and Maker's Mark, I think I need to try to get the other blends because I like weeded bourbons. So, yeah, we, we will we'll try to make that happen. We'll see. Uh, it is, the distillery is Heaven Hill, um, 46 ABV. Cask wood type is American oak, which is has to be for bourbon. Uh, let's see here. Another interesting bit, tidbits here. According to hardtofindwhiskey.com, this was the silver medal winner at the San Francisco World Spirits Competition in 2019. It's a blend of 6 to 12-year-old bourbon. This whiskey pays homage to Old Fitzgerald and Pappy Van Winkle's bourbon recipe. Hmm. Happy is another weeded bourbon, which I can't afford, nor can I find. So I'll probably never have it here on the show. I've had it once. Have you? Yeah. You don't, you were just like, it's just bourbon. It was before I was getting into bourbon. <laughs> and I was Somebody a, wasted that drink on yeah, you. Yeah. My buddy had won a raffle nice. at a bourbon tasting event in Indy. And he, when he won, he got the opportunity to buy a bottle of it at, at cost. So it was like 400 bucks. Nice. Yeah. So I was over at his house and he was like, he asked me if I want to try a bourbon. He was like, I got Woodford Reserve, and he lists off some other ones. And I was like, I'll try some. I'll take some Woodford. And he was like, you should look up this bourbon before you. I give you Woodford. And so I Googled it. And I was like, okay, I'll try that. <laughs> and I, I tried it, and I was like, mm, it just tastes like bourbon. <laughs> I was not impressed at all. But that was, again, probably yeah. five years ago or so before I got actually into bourbons. W.L. Weller uh, is also another weeded bourbon. Um, it gained. It got ninety four points in Jim Murray's whiskey Bible. I don't know what that is, but in that it said every drinker's cabinet should have this wonderful new addition to the bourbon lexicon. You know, the more I drink it, the more I'm. It's really good. It's really good. Um. So now for the story, behind, I'm sure everybody's wondering why call it larceny. Who's John E. Fitzgerald? I was wondering both of those things. Yeah. So according to LarcityBourbon.com, they have their story. But then there are other lore. There's other lore about John E. Fitzgerald that we'll get into. The history worth investigating, according to LarcityBourbon.com. The story of Larceny begins with John E. Fitzgerald, a man with good taste who inspired our lineup of celebrated weeded bourbons. Who was John E. Fitzgerald? Fitzgerald was a bonded U.S. Treasury agent who had access to the rickhouses where bourbon barrels were stored and aged. Are you familiar with 
treasury agents and how they had were involved with rickhouses and stuff like that. No. So from what I understand, um, especially around prohib after prohibition, I think there was the bottled and bond act and, um, first of all, let me say, I don't know anything about whiskey. So what I'm feeding you is probably 75% true. <laughs> it's my favorite kind. Not 75% made up, 75% true. Um, but from what I understand is that you would have your revenuer would have a key to the Rick house. And then somebody else with the company would have a key to, Rick, to, a key to the Rick house. And those were the only two people that would have keys. If someone didn't know what a Rick house was. A Rick house is where they store the barrels. For okay, aging. that's what I thought, but I want to yeah. make sure. Um, uh, but anyway, Fitzgerald was a bonded U.S. Treasury agent who had access to the Rick house where bourbon barrels were stored and aged. His position gave him the means and the opportunity to steal tastes of some of the best bourbon, hence the term larceny. Because mm. he's a thief. Because he was a thief. Mm. Using his keys, Fitzgerald would let himself into the rickhouses, uh, thieve bourbon from the best barrels, and take jugs of it home for himself. <laughs> I love this story. I love it. I don't even know. If, this is just their uh, rent. This is just their interpretation of who John E. Fitzgerald actually was. Because there's like a lot of folklore around him. Yeah. But this is a great story. Whether it's true or not, it's a great story. Agreed. Uh, when it came time to dump the barrels, some were found to be unusually light and exceptionally smooth. Uh, those barrels uh, became known as Fitzgerald barrels. <laughs> <laughs> Even when the brand was later sold to famous whiskey man Pappy Van Winkle, the Fitzgerald name and his reputation endured. The verdict. Today, the spirit of John E. Fitzgerald lives on in our family of award-winning weeded bourbons, Larceny Small Batch, Larceny Barrel Proof, and Old Fitzgerald Bottled and Bond. The history of Johnny Fitzgerald is one of mystery and intrigue, with tales dating as far back as 1870. Fitzgerald's actual identity was revealed in a family biography of the Pappy Van Winkle family, the book titled Always Fine Bourbon by Pappy's granddaughter, Sally Van Winkle Campbell. In that book, it's revealed that John E. Fitzgerald was not actually the man he had always portrayed to be. He was not a distillery owner that built his distillery with his own hands. He was an innovative Irish master distiller that crafted the world's finest bourbon. He was, in fact, bonded U.S. Treasury agent who, at the time, were the only people legally allowed to carry one of two keys in the barrel storage rickhouses. Being resourceful, Fitzgerald purchased the distillery's first key from an employee before he left the employment of the distillery. So he possessed both keys to get into the bonded warehouse. Huh. Uh, warehouses. Mr. Fitzgerald apparently had a particularly discerning palate for fine bourbon and would use his rickhouse keys to gain access to the best barrels. The Stitzel Weller warehouses stood seven stories in Shively, Kentucky. Uh, Fitz had an affinity for the for, uh, fifth floor. Occasionally an employee would found, would find would find hidden whiskey thief under or behind barrels. Those lighter barrels would eventually become known around the distillery as Fitzgerald barrels. Herbst and then Pappy immortalized the man who had both the keys and the fine taste by naming the brand Old Fitzgerald. A lot of cool history there. Yeah. Sorry, that was a long-winded thing, but I thought it did justice to read all the folklore behind John E. Fitzgerald's Larceny, the $21 bottle of bourbon. And it sounds like he was a dirty dog, but it's, it makes a great story. And it made an awesome whiskey. Yeah. And he seems like he was very smart. 
getting access to the best bourbons in yeah. the world. <laughs> uh, what it sounds like to me is that I can stop chasing Weller and Pappy and just drink Larceny. That's also what I got. Yeah. Yep. That, that's what I got from multiple sources that I read from today. So <laughs> uh, sounds like I got a $21 bottle of Pappy. There you go. We'll just call it Four Man's Pappy. I think we should run with it. I'm, I'm for it. Poor man's pappy. Poor man's pappy. Let's do it. So, anyway, that is Larceny. Very cool. I think it's great. It's 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 a great, this is a great, great bourbon. It's very, very good. Buy yourself a bottle. Before we move on to the next subject, we need to partake in our chocolates. You need to pour yourself a little bit more bourbon because you chugged yours. It was just so good. It, it is good. It is good. So, pour yourself some more. Enough that you... Not as much so you can drive home. That's a good amount. <laughs> Nate just overflowed his glass all over the table. <laughs> just for this chocolate. He's like licking it up off the table now. It's weird, man. Oh. But yeah, so we got some Dove chocolate here. Something I we did at both distilleries on the tours was eat chocolate and then wash it out with whiskey. It does give a, a whole, whole lot more flavors. And we did it last week. And it was tremendous. Yeah, my mind was blown. Even with... Proper. Uh, proper 12. Proper 12. Proper 12. <laughs> I was going to say garbage, but. <laughs> All right. We're going to we're gonna try this Dove chocolate. Kind of feels like communion. It does feel like communion, yeah. <laughs> as soon as I picked it up, I was like, this is broken for me. <laughs> the sign of the cross. Mm-hmm. Mm. Chocolatey. This is Dove dark chocolate, and I'm about to take my swig. It's like Oreos and milk, chocolate and bourbon. Oh my gosh, it's better than last week's. It's like the the flavors melted together. Isn't that incredible? That's so crazy. I'm telling man. you guys. Get you some good quality chocolate and eat a piece and then wash it down with bourbon. It is amazing. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It's so weird. Yeah, it's kind of a weird combination. It's so good. It's great. I got to keep a stock of good quality dark chocolate here. The weird thing to me is that no one's ever talked about this before. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've... I don't know. I've just known a lot of people who enjoy bourbon, myself included, for many years. Mm -hmm. And this is the first time I've ever been exposed to this idea. I'm telling you, both places I went, they were like, hey, here's some good chocolate. Try it with the bourbon. Yeah. But anyway, the real reason we opened up chocolates is so we could read these wonderful sentimental statements that are inside the Dove chocolate. This is from Sateria S. from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. She said, be fearlessly authentic. I think we're fearlessly authentic. I think so, yeah. I mean, we got a bad review on, on Apple Podcasts because we were just being us. Yeah, yeah. But we're not afraid of that guy. No. We're fearlessly authentic. Thank you, Soteria. This one is from Aaron M. in Kentucky. Oh, how appropriate. Exactly, my thoughts. Drink more bourbon. She says, always make your past self jealous. Oh, man. 
Man. I think my past self is jealous of my current self. Mine is not. (laughs) (laughs) Nate's had a rough couple years. He got married, had his first child, has a good job, has his own house. Life just really sucks for Nate. It doesn't suck. (laughs) My past self didn't like being tied down. (laughs) Oh, man. Just kidding. Oh, you're a trouble, dude. (laughs) So what do you want to do first? Do you want to do Bill of Lading or Indiana Nate's Incredible Blend of the Week? Let's, Let's go ahead and do the Bill of Lading. Bill of Lading? Yeah. See if we have time for the Incredible Blend at the end? Let's do that. All right, Bill of Lighting blend this week. Tell us about this blend, Indiana Nate. Yes, yes. So this week we're doing uh, Drucker and Sons Levant Mixture. Yes, sir. Now, according to TobaccoReviews.com, it says, The fullest of the range, Levant Mixture is a rich, luxurious blend of Belkin and New World tobaccos, comprising generous portions of small-leaf Turkish and Cyprian Latakia, ripe red Virginia leaf, and a little bright for a subtle sweetness. A blend of eminent distinction. That's from Gregory Peace. Now, it says... What's Gregory's middle name? It's, it's GL. Oh, GL, I'm sorry. That is from Gregory Lucius Peace. Gregory Lucius Peace. Gregory Lucius Peace. Okay. Um, yeah, so he's the guy that blended it. It's produced, obviously, manufactured by Cornell & Deal. They say that this is an English blend type. Um, its components are Latakia, Oriental slash Turkish, and Virginia. Now, we were talking about this earlier, um, the Levant mixture. So the Levant is an area near the Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. And uh, geographically, it the area um, encompasses several different countries, parts of countries. Mm-hmm. So the Levant area is, it includes present-day Israel, Jordan, Lebanon, Palestine, Syria, and Turkey. And because this blend was originally made in the 1800s, and then was later, like the company Drucker and Sons moved to, was it Berkeley, California? Yeah, they moved from like England to California, I believe. Yeah. So when this was originally being produced... It was probably Syrian Latakia with Turkish Orientals as the majority. Mm-hmm. And then it says that they added a little bit of Virginia's in there, some red and some bright for some sweetness. So my guess is, and I have no proof of this, but I'm guessing that they called it the Levant mixture because both of those countries, Syria and Turkey, are in the Levant area geographically. That's intuitive. And the the majority of the blend would have been Syrian Latakia and Turkish Orientals. Whereas today, obviously, it's Cyprian Latakia, but still has the Turkish Orientals. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my guess. I have no proof of that. Um, couldn't find any actual documents. I couldn't find any. I couldn't find anywhere where it said why it was originally called that. Mm. Let's roll with it. Yeah. I think we should just present it as fact and just roll with it. That's what I'm going to do from now on. Yeah, 75%. It's just... Just say it with confidence. Say it with confidence. Yeah, I'm gonna, you, you're confident. I'm. I can. Be, I can pretend to be confident. I've, I'm. I acted once. You did. You had a great YouTube video. <laughs> yeah, where you, where you tried out for Fly ninety two point three 
Albany's number one hit music station. That's right. Albany's number one hit music station. That's right. Did you you sounded like incredibly sultry when you when you recorded that? You guys hit hit us up at pipespoorsandpals at gmail.com or at pipespoorsandpals or most importantly hit up Nate at Indiana Nate on the Instagram. Also tag me in it at the coffee pot codger. But let Nate know how much you want him to repost that video. I'm telling you, it was incredible. It was old Nate, Nate with no beard. Well, Nate with earrings. Nate had a very short beard. Did you have a beard in that one? I've always had a beard. Mm. Except for one Easter like for birth? a week. Well, no. As we discussed last, last week, I wasn't able to grow any facial hair until I was about 19. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but it was short bearded Nate. A thinner Nate. Um, Nate with earrings. I did. I had I had plugs. You had plug. You had yeah. It was a different Nate. It's true. It's it was not, a different. That's not the brand new Nate. Not the brand new Nate. No, no, no. <laughs> it's a very old, old Nate. But reach out to Nate and tell him how much you want him to post this video. It's still there. All Nate has to do is go in and click a setting and make it public again. I, I'm t- no one wants to see this video. You want to see it? Trust me. It's horrible. I found it. <laughs> I found it. When Nate and I first met, we we hadn't known each other very long when I found that video. Yeah. I think I think I, I, think I that, you pretty hard about it. I, feel, I think you're the one that reminded me it was still there. <laughs> and I immediately went and figured out how to make it so no one could ever see it again. <laughs> but anyway, what are you smoking this out of? And then we'll get into the blend. Smoking this out of a uh, Royal Danish. Hmm. 923 Royal Danish. I believe that's a um like a subsidiary of Stanwell when they were Danish made. Um very possibly. I believe that's correct, but I could it's be wrong. Definitely of a Danish style. Uh it's like an acorn shaped bowl. Mhm. And then the the shank on it is weird. Like the shank comes straight out and then immediately like has like an elbow. It's like they attach someone's like an arm. That's exactly what it's like. You're right. <laughs> There's like literally an elbow on this thing. Yeah. It it is odd looking. It is it is very odd looking. It's like they started to make it straight and then like, oh wait, I was gonna make this a bent pipe. So then they were like, let's just curve this up. Yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah, it's it's an oddity, but I like it. <laughs> it's not like a right angle, but it's no, but it, it's, it's a very distinct it's, elbow there. It's got a, it looks like someone's arm. It does. So I don't know. I I'd found this pipe in the five dollar bin at um Mealtown. Nope, this was at the $5 bin up at Regal's in Fort Wayne, mm. the Georgetown location. So, what are you smoking out of? I am smoking out of a hand-cut Lorenzo pipe. It's a freehand, kind of a, also Danish. Um, it's not Danish Lorenzo, I believe it's Italian, but it's like Danish, uh, what's that word? Influenced. Mm. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's a smooth... Um, Actually, you know what that reminds me of? Tell me. It kind of reminds me of those Graybow freehands. Yeah, I could see why you would say that. Um, and Lorenzo is definitely Danish. It is? You haven't heard of Ragnar Lorenzo? <laughs> <laughs> but just feel this pipe. Feel how light it is. It's like such an incredibly light pipe. 
like it it's it looks meaty like it mm-hmm. it looks like a freehand like meaty it looks like kind of hefty pipe it's so light I, I i've only actually smoked this pipe a couple of times and i don't know why i should smoke it more you remember that wily freehand i had yeah that behemoth that was like a 50 cent piece size, size of my fist <laughs> yeah it looked like a fist like a look it looked like the guy took a stump and then drilled a hole in it Looks like there's a fight going on the yeah between on like on the same team. Yeah, looks great. It's the best kind. Um, but yeah, my Wiley was huge and it was heavy. You clinch that thing, and it was like literally the joke. No joke. This was the size of my fist. The bowl was the size of a Miller Light can. Like it was huge. It was enormous. Um, I finally traded it in at Mealtown because I was just like, I I don't ever smoke this thing. It's massive, but it was heavy. It was like imagine like clinching a soda can. A full soda can. Yeah. Like hurt my jaw and my teeth from clenching that thing. You traded it to the Pipe and Easy guy. Yeah. The guy has such good artwork. He does. For his uh, stickers and stuff. Mm-hmm. His shirts. I just wish he had fat guy sizes. Yeah. Also, I don't remember his name, but he's a, he was a very nice man. Super nice guy. We talked to him in Chicago also. He's a good dude. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Pipe and Easy guy. Remember, your name ain't easy either, so... But that's for everybody. It's not just your name. Yeah. I don't remember names well at all. I don't think I ever knew it. I was talking to somebody about Jay the other day, and I was like, it's it's Jay. Uh, Jay, you know. Uh, Jay, Jay, huh. Good, good, good. It's right around there in the alphabet somewhere. Fitz, Furman, Furman. Yeah, yeah, that's the guy. You got there. Yeah, I got there eventually. It just took me a minute to remember Jay's last name because I don't remember names. Tell me about the Levant mixture. Like, what are you getting out of it? At first, I was just all Latakia. Yeah. When I first did the Charlite, the first couple of uh, pulls, just right in your face, Latakia. Now that I've smoked it for a little bit, I'm, I'm probably about halfway through what I originally started with. And it's very oriental. Very. Very oriental. It's um tea, like um floral. Um when I say tea, I'm not talking like I'm not talking like black tea or iced tea. Maybe a little bit black tea, but but there's a there's there's like a tea quality to this to somehow. I don't know how to describe it. Not really my style. It's more of a perfumey Latakia than a savory Latakia. Yeah. Which this is definitely Oriental forward, not Latakia forward. Yeah. I I do like the floral kind of perfumey Latakia. I enjoy that. Mm. Um, but one of us does. Like you said, this is far more Oriental forward. Mm-hmm. And I wish the I wish it was a little more Latakia forward. I do on the back end of the of um on the on the back end I do get a little bit of that Virginia sweetness. I don't get the Virginia's at all. But it's very subtle. Um and it's not much. I'm mainly getting Oriental. And I do get a little hint of that floral Latakia. And I like I said, I just wish that there was more Latakia, a little less Oriental, but 
if you like Orientals, this is going to be right up your alley. Well, see, I guess I don't. Again, we know nothing. I know nothing. Especially. I know nothing. I know less um, than you do. I don't know what component it is I'm getting, but there's definitely a, there's definitely like a floral, not perfumey floral, but like a, a vegetal. I think that's the Orientals. Is that the Orientals? Yeah. I think that's the Orientals. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of that, but it's not discounting this blend. Um, it's not an awful blend by any means to me. No, not at all. I, I don't think the blend is bad. It's hard for me, like, because I can sit here and tell you I don't like it, but that doesn't mean it's not good. Exactly. Um, and I, I like I like what I like. You know what I mean? Like, right. Um, I will say it's very well blended. It's it is a good quality blend. Um, I don't feel like there's anything harsh. It, no, it's very smooth. When I say it's well blended, I mean like. I can taste, I can pick out a little bit of Latakia. I can pick out a very, very small amount of the Virginias. I'm mainly getting Oriental. But I am getting a little bit of those other components, so that's what makes me say that it's well-blended. Yeah. Because it's not harsh, but they all flow well together. Um, it, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Oriental forward blends. Yeah. So this isn't my favorite blend, but it's good. So I mean... How, so how do we rate that then? We rate it off of our likeness. Well, yeah, that's what I do. Because I'm not a big fan of it, honestly. Well, I mean, you're not a big fan of like Penzance, but you can appreciate the fact that it's a good blend. Or sure, but I gave Penzance a seven. I wouldn't give this a seven. Well, that was an extreme example. Obviously, Penzance is the bee's knees, but it's the bee's knees. Yeah. So I'll go first in this particular situation because. For me, I think this is an excellent, excellent, excellently blended tobacco. But it's not my favorite. I'm going to give it a 5.5. Okay. Because I can't appreciate the fact that it is a good quality tobacco. I just, and I do believe it's above average. It's just not my favorite. Yeah, I was kind of in the same area. I was thinking five, but now that you say like, I don't, it's not my thing, but I don't feel like I can fully discount it. For me, it's what I would consider a eh, tobacco. Yeah. Right? I agree. But I think the fact that it's so well blended and so well respected, I think that that extra 0.5 to push it above, eh, it's like eh-ish. That's why I went with the five point five because I'm I'm in the same boat as you. I almost went with five. Yeah, but again, there are like I'm not a huge fan of this, but I would still rather smoke this over uh, several of the other blends we've had in here. I liked Ends of Court better. I liked Prenzis blend better. Hundred percent, yeah. So I can't give it a six because I gave those a six. So I'm gonna go with five point five as well. Yeah. And. Yeah, because our 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 rating system is very scientific. If you yeah. if you haven't gathered, our rating system is very scientific because, uh, let's see, what if I give I gave Silum Red a five, I gave Giblia de Oro, how you however you say that Savinelli Giblia de Oro, uh, a five Green Dragon, Green Dragon a five, I gave Red Rappery a four point five, which I think is criminal. I'm sorry, but again. It's you. You don't like it. 
Yeah. It's just not my thing. You gave, you gave Pembroke a four. If you like... Did I give Pembroke a four? I did give Pembroke a four. You gave it a one. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring that up. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Since it's a new year to new me, I'm gonna. we should revisit Pembroke, like, February. Uh, we have so many other blends. Give me Pembroke. So many. <laughs> I'm going to take it home and try it. There's Pembroke. You can take it with you when you go. Um... If you like Oriental Forward blends, give this one a try. That's what I can say. I think if you like Oriental Forward blends, you're going to love this. Like, I really think you're going to like love it, love it. It's well-balanced, and I think that there's a lot to be said for that. I haven't had a single one of these Drucker and Sons, however you say that. I'm still, I still, still feel so awkward whenever, every time I say the name. Drucker. I'm, I'm I'm pretty dead set on Drucker. Are you? Okay. Yeah. Well, henceforth will be Drucker. DNS. Uh we've yet to have one that wasn't very well balanced. No. They've all been really, really well done. It's almost as if Gregory LaFonda piece is an excellent blender. It does seem like he's he's he knows what he's doing. Yeah. You know, it seems like he's kind of has some experience, I guess. Yeah. Uh, someone should hire that guy. You know, I was reading earlier, the Drucker and Sons, like we said, in the late 1800s was originally in England. Mm-hmm. And then it moved to um, Berkeley, California. Mm-hmm. And what I read was that Gregory Peace and... Another person who worked for McClellan. I can't remember his name. It was like Clyde or something like that. No idea. He was a blender for McClellan. That was the first place that they both started blending tobacco. Really? It was at the Drucker and Sons in Berkeley, is what I read earlier. Hmm. But again. Was that a 75% thing? I'm just repeating what I read. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> Obviously. If you haven't heard us say this before, we have absolutely no idea what we're talking about. We are, we're not noobs. We've both been smoking for a couple of years now. Two years now. It's about two years, isn't it? December is when I started, December 2020. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's a little bit before that, but. Wait, so. Was it 2020 or was it? 2019. No, because I got married in 2020, so it had to be 2020. So would that make this three years? No, it can't be. It's only two. It's only two. 20 to 21. 21 to 22. Now we're in 23. Oh, but it just was 22. (laughs) Two years. (laughs) (laughs) Math's hard. So do we got time to do the Indiana Nate's Incredible Blend of the Week? I don't see why not. Let's do it. Indiana Nate's Incredible Blend of the Week. That's some just excellent production quality. Was it? The person who recorded that. Stellar. Just stellar. (laughs) Their voice. The voice actor they hired to do that. Spectacular. Spectacular. Yeah, 100%. You're just saying it because it's talking about you? No. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, it's a, it's just it was really well done. No, oh, I'll let him know you said that. So this week, it's actually been for a couple of weeks now. I've been enjoying this blend. I got this from a, like a while back. There was a person, which happens sometimes on Facebook. People will put like a whole bunch of stuff up, like a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Or like I'm, you know, reducing my 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 um, seller, or sometimes people are moving, or whatever the reason is. And every once in a while, I hit them up just to see what they're asking, because if they're asking generous prices, mm-hmm. then I'll pick up a few cans. And this was one of those situations that I think I got, I want to say five cans from this guy, but he had a bunch of blends that I had never even tried before. And he was asking less than $10 for each can. And they're all C&D or GLP's blends. So this comes from Cornell and Deal's Simply Elegant series. Okay. And it's called Opening Night. It is a delicious blend of the finest red and bright Virginias, pressed to perfection and sliced into flakes. So I got this tin from this guy. I think he, I think, I can't remember if it was 8 or $9, but it was 8 or $9. And I bought it um, over the summer of 2022, and the can had a the date on it of 2020. So we're looking at a couple of years of age on a a, a pure Virginia blend. And when you first open the when I first open the tin and smell it, it's incredibly sweet smelling. Mm-hmm. It's got that really good Virginia kind of bready smell to it. Um, you get that kind of like stone fruit, like the plum. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to give it a, a, a whiff. I'll stick my schnoz in it. But it's it's got that sweet, bready, but then that very, like, rich kind of prune mm-hmm. kind of a smell to it. Fig. Fig, yeah. Which I'm a huge fan of. It almost smells aromatic. It does. And that's why when I first smelled it, I was like, I went back and checked and like, this is just a straight Virginia because, I mean, it, it almost smells like it has some kind of a topping. It says that there's no flavor or anything on it, and I believe there's not. But, again, this has a few a few years of age on it, but, um, man alive, I was taken by surprise when I smoked this because, honestly, I'm not usually a huge fan of straight Virginias. Um, there are a couple of straight Virginias, like um, John Cotton's Double Press Virginia, just a straight Virginia. It's really good and there are there are other virginias that i enjoy but um they're not ones that i would normally reach for regularly i kind of have to be in the mood because to me a lot of times virginias are kind of plain like there's not a lot going on not a complexity exactly they can be delicious wonderful tobaccos but they're not super complex because it's just one thing it's just virginias but this one I, and I'm, I'm sure it has to do with the age. I know it's not a ton of age, but it's two years age on it. And um, I was just floored by this. I it, I think it's, I, I really, really like it a lot. I don't dislike it. Um, I am relatively new to Virginia's though, so. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm the end all be all in Virginia's. It's not as sweet as I would like. Um, it's very... Hey, I, I, when I smelled the tin, it was really, I had higher expectations for the sweetness 
from the nose than I'm getting off of the draw. Well, I think it's incredibly sweet. Do you? Yeah. I get a lot of sweetness out of it. Really? Mm. I get that sweetness. I get the, the hay. I don't get anywhere near the sweetness that I get out of other C&D blends like Anthology or uh, Sun Bear. Well, Anthology, doesn't Anthology have Preak in it too? Mm-hmm. And then Sun Bear has honey in it. It does. I get that. That's just of the of the Virginia blends that I've been smoking as of late. That's yeah. where I've come to um, like about Virginia blends is that um, citrusy, um, citrus and honey sweetness that comes. I do get some sweetness out of this. It's just more of like a, like a, you get the hay and the grass, like we were talking about off air earlier. Hay and grass does have an inherent sweetness to it. It's a, it's a faint sweetness though. Yeah. I get it. I get black tea out of, I get like a, I get hay, black tea, and, a little bit of like a orange zest. You know, orange zest is not necessarily sweet. It has a sweetness to it, but it's more like of a a bitter. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm getting. It's like a, it's got that bitter with a hint of sweetness. Well, honestly, I've gotten a little too hot now because I'm just over here puffing away trying to figure it out. But there was another blend a long time ago that we tried that I said it had a certain flavor to it that tastes almost like what a Band-Aid smells like. But I mean, like, this is one thing that I think is kind of interesting, is I think sometimes there are flavors that I'm describing, and you're describing the same flavor, but you are using a different thing to describe it because you associate that with, I think it might be the black tea. Like sometimes, more than once, I've heard you say you get black tea out of stuff. Mm-hmm. But in a lot of those blends, I get what I consider to be a medicinal kind of a flavor that to me is reminiscent of when you first open a Band-Aid and you smell that kind of latexy. And it's weird because to me... That sounds abhorrent. Yeah, but it's kind of like a weird sweetness. You know what I just got? Postage stamp. Yeah. Like the adhesive. The adhesive that you lick. Or not, yeah. Or not, not postage stamp. Um envelope yeah that that's very slight similar, but... sweetness that you get when you lick an envelope but i think it's like the adhesive to me is kind of similar to like the adhesive on a band-aid smell wise and everything like that's kind of like what i'm what i get sometimes from some of these blends okay i'll have to start sniffing some band-aids i'm not really a band-aid kind of sore. i'll get you some to chew on um i just got some for christmas actually the, i got good ones too the curads Oh, well, I don't want you to waste good ones. I have some. No, I mean, I'm, I, I prefer, I enjoy high class tobacco. I enjoy high class whiskeys. You want a high class bandage? Yeah, I I get it. That makes sense. That's, but those are stocking stuffers. My kids got like, uh, candy canes and all sorts of candy and stuff. They're stocking. I got band-aids. Well, you seem like somebody who would need them. Yeah. Well, I am a woodcarver. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And you go fishing. 
Santa has a great uh, sense of humor because he brought me three packages of Band-Aids in my stocking. So, The old practical Santa. The old practical Santa. I don't dislike this. I actually, if you were to say, you get to pick one of these two tobaccos to smoke for the rest of your life, this one or Levant mixture, I'm picking this one every time. Yeah, same. It's not my favorite thing I've ever had, but I could smoke this every day. I have been. It's, hence, hence why it's an Indian and it's incredible blend of the week. I, I genuinely think it's incredible. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. But that's just to say, if you're somebody who likes Virginia's or you're dipping your toe in the Virginia world and you want to get one that's a pure Virginia that has some good sweetness and flavor to it, get a can of opening night and let it sit for a couple of years. Get it, pop it open, have a smoke, put it in a jar, let it sit for a couple of years, whatever you want to do. But I think it's pretty good. I think it's worth trying, especially if you're looking for a good Virginia. I have become a fan of Virginia's through Cornell and Deal. Yeah. And no slight against Cornell and Deal. I, I love their their Virginia's. I have heard some people say, though, that um, if Cornell and Deal are your favorite Virginia's, you're missing out on really good Virginia's, as if Cornell and Deal has subpar Virginia's. I don't know. I, I First of all, I don't know anything. I'm just... Re- just Mockingbird saying yeah, what I have heard from other people. Yeah. But it does have me intrigued to want to try other Virginias. Because I, th- I mean, I, you see, I have 24 cans of Sunbear Mountain Flower right here. I have what, 12 cans of Anthology. I have uh, Bijou. I, <laughs> yeah. I have, I have quite a bit of Virginias. I'm becoming a Virginia fan. Um, and the Cornell and Deal Virginias are quite pleasant to me um i've had good experiences with escudo which i get as a vapor but right and that's kind uh, of which a, i know anthology is a vapor Sunbear's is not a whole it's it's got turkish in it yeah and that's kind of what i was getting at is there are other blends that i think are far superior to this but as far as just straight virginias go mm-hmm. this is one of the better ones i've had um and i don't know a lot of other, I've had some like just Sutliff Straight Virginias mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And they're, I mean, they're not bad. I've got some Sutliff Straight Virginias recently and I did not care for them. Yeah, they're not great. Honestly. But again, give them a few years, they might be fantastic. I don't know. Yeah, I got Sutliff R2D2, whatever it's called. The yeah, yeah, yeah. 51RC-1, whatever. Yeah. 515RC-1. And opening it right out of the bag. I saw, I had some that was sent to me as a sample. And then I bought some because I liked it so much. And I got the sealed, like, one-pound bag. And I opened up, and it was just straight vinegar. Yeah. And it was, like, abhorrent to me. Like, it was an immediate put-off. When I smoked it, it was just vinegar, 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 vinegar. And then I went to smoke something else at the pipe later, and I still could taste the vinegar in that pipe. And I was just like, uh. Yeah. So, Sutliff's have kind of, what was it we had? We had a Bill of Lading blend, my favorite, 5100. I think that was the that was the thing that got me into Virginia's. Yeah, it was. Fifty. I loved fifty one hundred. It's fantastic. It is. I'm so sad that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, it's incredible. So if you have a bunch of fifty one hundred that you would love to sell your your good pal Justin, you can reach us at pipespoorsandpals@gmail.com. You can reach the podcast on the Instagrams at pipespoorsandpals. You can reach me at the Coffee Pot Codger or 
Nate for anything other than selling 5100 at Indiana Nate. Because I'll buy some 5100. What are you talking about? No, no, no. Reach out to me if you want to sell 5100. <laughs> <laughs> Don't reach out to Nate. I'll share. Nate doesn't appreciate 5100. The heck I don't. <laughs> I love 5100. It's delicious. Oh, man. Anything else we got to cover? Oh, yes. There is one more thing we have to cover. Did you want to tell them what we're smoking the Virginias out of, or we want to skip that? Go for it. Why don't you talk about yours? I'm smoking out of a pipe I've smoked on here before, but I love it. It is one of my favorites. It's a merchant service. It's their kind of Bing style. Mm-hmm. It's a very long, just a billiard shape. And also a very light pipe. Very light. This one's the rusticated one, which I've talked about before. I kind of like That's rusticated. That's a sandblasted one. Yeah. <laughs> this one's a sandblasted one, which I've talked about before. I kind of like the sandblasted ones a little bit better. Either sandblasted or rusticated, honestly, because with the smooth ones, like I, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to nick them up. I feel like I'm going to drop them. I had a couple of uh, Rossi ones that I smoked too hot, and it like bubbled the finish on them. Mm. When, when they're rusticated or sandblasted, you can't tell. Yeah. I sandblast my favorite finish. It is beautiful. It's gorgeous. So, yep. Uh, I'm smoking this out of a... Sandblast. Uh, sandblast. Yeah. <laughs> um, or as Nate would call it, rusticated moonshine long devil ants. Um, and I love ants-shaped pipes. And then when I found moonshine and how they have the long ants, I was so excited. And so last year when we went to Mule Town, that was my only goal was to get a long stem. <laughs> Before the show even opened, I asked them if they would sell me one. Yeah, and they like, wouldn't. Yeah, they were like, we only have them for the show. You have to be at 9 a.m. Yep. Um, but I, I forgot to tell you, I wrote a song about tortillas. This feels like a dad joke. I mean, instead of, it's kind of more like a rap. Okay. <laughs> And it was right. <laughs> I was just, I was like, oh, he's going to sing. No. Nope. Because rap isn't singing. It's just talking rhythmically. So. Pretty much, yeah. Rap isn't music. <laughs> Don't tell Eminem that. I'm just kidding. Rap is music. It's just awful music. I will have to disagree. Uh, well, you have terrible taste in music, so... It's true. <laughs> I do. And I can admit that. <laughs> I don't. I listen to fantastic music. I don't know what you're talking about. I like bluegrass and country mm-hmm. and bluegrass and... My favorite kind of music is where they use just household objects, like random household objects. Like, really? Yeah, like, you know, ceramic jugs or washboards or spoons that's bluegrass that's not bluegrass that's what bluegrass uses no 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 no. 100 percent. they use saws not in bluegrass Uh huh you're absolutely wrong when was the last time you listened to bluegrass (laughs) i've seen it i can't tell you the last time i can't tell you that i've ever heard a bluegrass band use saws and wash tubs and wash tubs wash boards Washboards, wash tubs. They have the wash tub base. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's bluegrass. That's not bluegrass. They don't wear that's, shirts with that's overalls. Hillbilly mountain music, which is not the same thing as bluegrass. It's the exact same thing. It is not the same thing. <laughs> it is absolutely not the same. 
We'll agree to disagree. <laughs> Bluegrass is far classier. Bluegrass consists of a guitar, a banjo, a bass, a mandolin, sometimes a fiddle. And some would even argue whether bluegrass actually contains a dobro or not. But if it's got anything other than that, it's not really bluegrass. That's the only musical genre that is restricted by instrument use then. Um, There's no other genre that you can pin, pigeonhole it like that with just yeah, so there, musical instruments. You, if you want to pick a fight, go to a bluegrass jam and walk in with a washboard. I would never do that. I'm walking with spoons. If you walked in with spoons, you would get chased out. <laughs> uh, I had a dude, um, was at Spigma one year, and a dude walked up with a flute and tried to play along with us, and we all just stopped playing. That's ridiculous. He just stopped playing. He's a flute. That's like bringing a knife to a gunfight. Yeah. Just ridiculous. Yeah. And then a dude brought a, a washboard with a, like, he had a wire tied to it on either side. It was around his neck, and he was just... That makes sense. It was awful. No, no we, it we, makes sense. We, we just disinvited him to our jam. It was like, hey, hey okay, well, we're going to go play somewhere else now. It sounds like bluegrass people are pretentious. Very. <laughs> They're like bourbon people and pipe smokers. They're very pretentious about their music. I like bourbon and I like pipes, and I don't think I'm pretentious about either Listen, of them. I am not very pretentious about bluegrass. I'm one of the least pretentious bluegrassers out there. And you're getting very <laughs> I think that you're allowed to use an electric bass in bluegrass. But there are people out there that refuse Spigma. You are not allowed to go into the actual festival and play an electric bass, stand up bass only. It, it, like that actually kind of makes me mad. <laughs> Just because, like, I don't think any genre of music could ever be defined by the instruments used to make oh, it. Absolutely, bluegrass is. It's the only one then. I don't know if I would say the only one. Name one other one. I mean, I don't know other genres genres well enough in order to make that kind of statement. Like you can have rock music with any instrument you want. Polka probably is. I bet you could take, I will take some spoons to a polka jam right now. And I bet they would invite <laughs> me in and I'd just be going clink, 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 clink. I actually love polka music. Me too. <laughs> me too. John Candy's band at the end of uh, <laughs> Home Alone. It's that's everybody's that's everybody's view of what polka music is is john candy and those people in the the u-haul or whatever it is they're driving in yeah the rider truck my mic just fell off the table i'm having to Did hold it, it in my hand <laughs> <laughs> oh man pretentious music pretentious pipe smoking pretentious drinking pretentious band-aids it's what we do exactly pipes pours and pals pretentious pipes pours pals and pretentious <laughs> got anything else that's all I got, man. Nate's holding his mic, so we're going to get out of here. You guys have a great night. Happy New Year. Bye, everybody.